Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Jammin' with Jen. Today, I am interviewing Mary Sullivan. She is one of the creators of Sweet But Fearless. And I love what these ladies are doing because they are creating support and resources for women who are looking to pivot out of their corporate career. So Mary's going to share with us more info about Sweet But Fearless, but also some of her struggles and wins through pivoting. So let's jump into this episode so you can get to know Mary a little bit more. All right. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today I have Mary Sullivan. She is a financial service executive turned entrepreneur in 2019 and is one of the co-founders of Sweet But Fearless. So welcome, Mary. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. And I have to say, I just love the podcast name, Jamming with Jen. Love it. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself with the listeners? Yes. So thank you again for this opportunity. So uh, as Jen said, Mary Sullivan, one of the three co-founders of Sweet But Fearless, along with Gail Northrup and Cooper Alexander, we started Sweet But Fearless in order to provide a platform to help uplift and educate women that are going through career transitions. And we chose that because I myself was going through my second layoff, as well as my colleagues going through other types of career transitions. And we felt what a better way to help share with other women your own journey, but as well as use all the knowledge and experience you may have from corporate or even from other entrepreneurial businesses and just help other women along the way. So we started that, but I would say, Jen, everything was rooted in my upbringing, right? In my, where I, my roots, where I started in Kansas City, Missouri, good Midwest girl, and you know, like you in Wisconsin. Yeah. And yeah, I love our Midwest roots. And I have to say that it was a mixture of the nurture and the nature, right? The nature of my parents being civil rights advocates, very active in their community back in the 60s, moving to Kansas City to help help propel forward, right, racial justice and other causes that were very near and dear to their hearts. They were missionaries, they were professionals, and they just rooted all of that in their children. And so I had this wonderful nature, this big, loud Italian, Irish family, right, that was just enveloping me with all this love and support. And they've done that throughout all of my career and all of my pivoting to different businesses and uh, journeys. But also, I would say the nurture, the nurture from my community. I have a a background to where, as part of their nature to help provide this diverse uh, background for us, they put me in this all-Black grade school in kindergarten. I was the only little white girl, right, running around, you know, with my pigtails and everything else and my Mary Jane shoes, and really felt that it was a chance for me to understand and to be more sensitive to the plight of others and to see how others were faring in this, you know, toxic time back in the 60s that maybe now we, you know, see recreating itself. 
And what I learned from that is that really being able to walk alongside somebody, even if you can't walk in their shoes, right? But you can walk alongside them. I just learned to be a little more inquisitive, a little more curious about others and patient and forgiving and as well as just appreciate the privilege that I had along with all the talent and friendship I was getting. So for me, all of my journey and my career and like I said, pivoting throughout really started with both that nature and nurture. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, perfect. So with the Sweet But Fearless, what is, you talked a little bit about it, but what's really like the mission um, and the goal with that, that business? Yeah, so the mission and goal, and that's great because we have our personal one, right? My personal one for why did I get started you know, after 30 years in corporate America? Why would I want to pivot into this entrepreneurial uh, life? And even in corporate America, I was always trying to find ways to not only further my own career, right? And of course, my finances and be, you know, uh, financially solvent, but also was to, I wanted to work where I wanted and to live where I wanted and to work the hours I wanted. That didn't quite always fit into that nine to five or nine to nine sometimes, right? Corporate yeah. mold. Um, and my love of travel and moving around just didn't always fit, even though my roles did give me some of that opportunity. But finding Sweet But Fearless said, you know, if I really do something for myself and with others, because I love a tribe, I love being with friends, I'm a totally a people person. I knew that then I could solve my personal passion which was, right, working where I want. If I want to go to Italy for a month and visit relatives, I can do that, right? I can pack my laptop and go, and I can still help uplift, inspire, educate other women, even if I'm in Italy or if I'm in Seattle. But at the same time, then on the professional side, I just really felt there was a void with um, a lot of the career transition, the part that we focus on. There was a lot of void in helping women over that. Like I said, having been laid off twice, the first time when I was laid off, it, I was a basket case. I was bitter. I was hurt. I went through all of it as if probably had a divorce or the loss of a loved one. Because yeah. I'd worked at this firm for 17 years. And to think that you know, at the end of the day, quote, they didn't want me, mm -hmm. it was just heartbreaking because you know, I'd given my heart and soul to the firm. And I soon realized that, hmm, that's not unusual. And B, it's probably not a good thing to give all of your heart and soul to anything, right? To any other firm, to give that power to someone else. Yeah. And then, then to, you know, then they own kind of how you feel. And that's kind of how I felt the first time around. And I made some poor decisions when I started another entrepreneurial business. I started a coffee roasting business and it was very exciting. And it gave me the opportunity to engage with a lot of people, but it wasn't in my wheelhouse. I liked coffee, but you know, I had to go learn about coffee roasting. And while I did a very good job of it, I didn't understand all the ins and outs of uh, having a lease and a brick and mortar location and all the costs that would be associated with staffing it. Mm -hmm. So I, I had some bumps along the way and then went back into professional, right? Back into the career world of corporate. I always say spending someone else's money instead of my own capital. I always enjoy spending someone else's capital a lot more. Uh, but the second time around, which was most recently here in January, uh, I was prepared. And that's what started with the entrepreneurial with Sweet But Fearless. We knew there was a potential that it would come when this merger and acquisition was announced in the financial services. So this time I said, let me learn from before. 
all the knowledge I've gained from other women like yourself and many other in this community of other entrepreneurial women, let me learn from them and pivot a different time, a different way. Right? Shame on me if I don't learn right the second time around. But I think I did. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I truly believe, and I've heard it from multiple different speakers, that um, life is happening for us. Um, so even though the layoffs aren't fun ever, you know, it's happening for a reason. So, and it gives you the push to go into something different. Well, Jen, something personally I've experienced in many of the women that, and men that I have mentored and coached, every single time, too, but I've also had other bumps along the way, not even just layoffs. Every single time, Jen, I have come out ahead. This last time I doubled my salary. So I don't really find being laid off as bad as maybe some have experienced, but that's only because I have learned, just like you said, to go with it for it and not to think of it as just something happening to me personally. Yeah. But to really step back and say, well, how can I make something good happen out of it? And um, I've learned. That's amazing. Um, so the pivot really then kind of happened with like the layoffs in general. Was it something you were working on before that? Yes, another lesson I learned the first time uh, when I was laid off and started a business was I went from zero, right? I hadn't thought of a business, right? I hadn't thought I was gonna get laid off. So it was very unexpected and I had no plan. Mm -hmm. And I think as women and I was a single mother, uh, just not having a plan is not a good thing. And I'm a planner. So I, I just wasn't ready for it. And therefore, I don't think all my decisions were the best ones. Even if things were going well, they just weren't the best decisions for me. And the second time around, when we talk about pivoting, when I first heard that, okay, there might be, there was a merger, right? We were uh, being purchased by another firm, even though it wasn't going to be for another year, I said, no way am I going to wait. I'm going to act as if I'm getting laid off and start this, you know, quote, side hustle, side business. And I'm going to go ahead and do this and get ready because first of all, it complements what I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to recruit and help women in the financial industry, but also it is parallel to it, but will also set me up for success afterward. And I won't be starting from zero. And that's a lesson I learned in the first time is, and, and some wisdom I would share with anyone who maybe would like to hear that. And that is, if you are thinking of starting a business, maybe start it while you still have income coming in and a lot of comfort, because then you can uh, stretch and try a few things without uh, risking your whole uh, financial, you know, savings, et cetera, on it. Yes, I would. I would definitely agree with that. Um, so while you were going through this pivot, where did you find support for it? Or did you have a support group? I don't think, I, I just really feel for anybody who's doing it alone. I don't think I could do it alone. First of all, I'm just such a people person. I find my strength and joy in other people, right? In working with them, listening to them, helping them, it just helps me. So. I mean, the minute that I started thinking about Sweet But Fearless, it was because I was already collaborating with two other women uh, for writing a book and for uh, just doing some other workshops and things like that. And then we just expanded it into the Sweet But Fearless Nation. Mm -hmm. I, I just no way could have thought of doing it myself. So I have to surround myself truly with people. I learned that about myself. And of course, my family, Jen, there's nothing I can do without 
you know, my family, there's 91 of us in Kansas City, Missouri alone. And then there's about 10 or 12 sprinkled throughout the rest of the country. And I often go back and visit just because I need that uh, energy that I get from my family. And they're the ones that are telling me very honestly, not only can you do it if they believe it and they do, but also, oh, I don't really hear your authentic voice when I heard that podcast. Or, oh, I don't know, Mary, your website doesn't seem to really amplify what all three of you are doing. They'll give really sincere and specific feedback that I've learned to trust. And so again, I have my family and then I have what I call my A-team, my advisory board. I've always had that where a group of men and women throughout my career that I go back to often at least every quarter and say, hey, here's the things I've said were important to me. Here's what I'm working on. And they really give me honest, again, and specific feedback on what I can do to keep moving forward and what I maybe need to do to put some things behind and bring other things forward. And so that's what I've definitely done. I created my team, my natural team, right? My nature team and then my nurture team. Yeah, I enjoy that you have that, that group of people who are willing to look at, like say your podcast, your website and say, this doesn't seem authentic to you because we need that, like those people in our lives to like show us that, hey, this doesn't seem really like you. So are you sure like this is what you were looking for? Are you sure like this was the goal you were trying to, or the message you were trying to get across? Well, I think so many times, Jen, we're trying, maybe not you, I wouldn't ever say you, but I say myself, we're trying to be something, right? Oh, I'm <laughs> going to be this persona. And at the end of the day, people just really want you to be you. And right, whether it's the imposter syndrome or whatever tag people want to put on it, I think we're all just trying to please people and right and help them along and think, I want to be whatever you want me to be. But I think we should change and think, no, I just want to be myself because if that's what you were uh, attracted to in the beginning to follow me on podcasts or to join our website or our membership, then that's what I need to be, whether I frankly like it or not. Right? If that's what you are engaging with and that's the persona, then that's what I need to make sure I'm true to. And that's hard, especially when you're pivoting in your careers, because in corporate, that's not always encouraged. I mean, right. I heard it a lot, be your authentic self. But a lot of times I felt when I was my authentic self, I heard, don't, no, don't be that authentic. <laughs> you know, no, no, you know, tailor it back a little bit. So it's kind of hard to, when you're pivoting to, it takes time. It takes time to get in to your natural voice, I think, or naturally who you are, mm -hmm. your brand, your personal brand. It takes time. Right. And I think it was Carlene that we were talking about the imposter syndrome and fake it till you make it. And you, you know, you, you, you do, everybody kind of fakes it till they make it right away in the beginning. And so you're trying to put this together until you figure out who your authentic self is. And yeah. I think the freedom of having your own business, your own company, even with colleagues is to be that and to say, well, then this is what I signed up for. This is the risk I was going to take. And if I fail, it's going to fail because I was me, not because I was trying to be someone else. Yes. Even though I don't believe there's failure in there, because even from my previous busy uh, business, the coffee roasting, I learned a lot from those failures. And people often say, well, would you do it again? And I thought, well, not the same way. <laughs> I won't do it the same way again. I right. certainly have learned, but here I am doing it again. Here I am putting myself out there, saying no to corporate offers, saying no to returning to the workforce and spending someone else's capital, right? 
in saying yes to investing in myself and spending my own capital on what I believe is something that will be uh, not only beneficial, but self, self-fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever have any like critics that um, through that pivoting stage or, you know, the critics maybe who thought you should go back in the corporate world? Yeah, well, exactly that, Jan. It's not the critics saying, no, you can't do it, because actually so wonderful is hearing a lot of, oh, wow, this is really great. We really love the content that you're putting forward, or, hey, we're following your podcast, and I found that very inspirational, and I like the dynamic of you three ladies, you know, on these calls, and I'm like, oh, that's so reaffirming, but I do find in the critic sense of, hey, so if that doesn't work out, you know, we got you. We have a job for you if you need it that kind of critic, or the, so are you doing this just for fun? And I was like, well, I am having fun, but this is a business. Yeah. And I hope at some point it will be revenue generating, but it is a business and I'm not doing it until I go back to corporate America. This is what I'm doing. And I even took that leap of faith in myself and in my colleagues and put it out there right on LinkedIn and said, I have retired from the financial services industry. And that was a big statement because that, that caused a lot of discussion of, oh, well, oh, we were hoping you were going to come back or we were, you know, we would love to have you back in this position or other wonderful offers, which are very flattering, mm-hmm. very flattering. Uh, and, and I appreciate it so much. But at the same time, I was like, nope, I put it out there because this is what I'm doing. I'm all in. And it's nice to know that it is there if I need it, but I don't want to need it. Yeah. I want to, let's, let me give that space to some other young woman who's looking for a role in the financial services and let me help mentor her mm-hmm. to be me and better than me, because I'm sure they'll be better than me. Let me give that space to someone else and let me create a new space. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really wanted to do. So the critics aren't, I don't think you're going to do well, or, oh, there's a lot of people out there talking about women in career transition, because I've always felt there's always room for a good one. There's always room for your voice um, if you connect with people. And I believe we will. Yeah, perfect. And it, like when I was going through my pivot out of corporate as well, I just kept telling myself because it was that secure position where the paycheck kept coming in, but it was like those jobs will always be there. So but not only that, it, it, is, it is hard because I'm, like I said, I don't get scared, right? When you go out or you launch something or you uh, put yourself out there and there's rejections, right? <laughs> oh, I'd like to do this or this. And you get the nose. You're like, oh my, oh my, is that, is that going to be for a long time? Or is that just a short period? Again, you are spending your capital, not someone else's. And that's always nervous. But yeah, I often say, Jim, I've made millions for companies, millions. I think I can make thousands for me, right? I make millions for companies. Why couldn't I make money for myself? Yeah, that's a great mindset. So what has been the most challenging? Wow. So there's been quite a few challenges. The learning curve, definitely the learning curve of the entrepreneurial world, right? Creating your own website. I've never done that before. podcasting, all of these things. I always had a team behind me pulling up webinars for me and I just showed up, right? And, mm-hmm. and engaged and uh, helped lead people. But I wasn't the one creating and putting things behind the scenes. 
doing all the, the work that really is needed in order to uh, have your own business, especially if you are in the um, vir uh, virtual space, right? Now we're doing things online, digital courses, uh, webinars, podcasting, blogs. You're doing it all yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, so that to me was one of the challenges is learning how to do all that myself. When do I spend my time to do it? When should I hire a virtual assistant? Or when should I get help from someone else? And a lot of times we're learning, if it's taking me multiple hours to learn that skill, maybe then I delegate that and hire a virtual assistant. If it's something I can learn in a few YouTube videos and then practice it myself, then I'll go in on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that challenge, but also the challenge of just focusing on something specific and not being so broad. Again, coming from the corporate world where deep pockets and also big ideas, right? So you come out with these big ideas and you want to be all of these things to everybody. And that is not the way, right, as we've learned to really build an audience and to build a following. You have to really find out who is the audience that is connecting with you and nurture them and build for them. And so I found that very hard. And that was a challenge of taking the big, broad ideas and narrowing them down and being very specific because I was used to the big, deep pockets and I was used to the big, I was paid to have strategic big ideas. So that was a challenge and that has been, but it's been a good one, but it's definitely challenging. Cool. What has been the most rewarding part of it all? I'm sure like you, Jen, you know, when you get the call from someone maybe you've mentored or you've been coaching and they send you an email or they text you or call you and say, I got that job. I got that job. And thank you for helping me through the interview process. Thank you for your guidance in uh, helping me build my confidence and knowing who I am and how to articulate that. I got 15,000 more on my salary request because of your negotiation uh, teachings. So those calls of really knowing that the advice that we were giving, you know, Gail Cooper and I, has helped somebody not only financially, but finding the right job for them or going for the promotion or pivoting out of the corporate career into something entrepreneurial. Hearing those stories, it's like, yes, that's exactly what we want to do. That's exactly what uh, the goal was. And to see that it's happening mm -hmm. says, it, it just gives you that energy to keep going, right? You just keep going. Then you're like, okay, even when you get that little side track of maybe something negative or something didn't go right, there's so many more of the positive and you just latch onto that, keep going. And that's been so rewarding. And I felt that in my corporate career and I wanted to make sure I still had that piece and it's tenfold in the entrepreneurial side. Good. Yeah. Do you have any podcasts or books that you recommend? I know that you ladies have a podcast yourself. Certainly we have, of course, right? Wouldn't be an entrepreneur if we didn't promote the Sweet But Fearless podcast. But we definitely follow others. And one is uh, Jen Kutcher, Gold yeah. Digger. Oh my gosh. I, I, I see your eyes as yes. well. I love following her, not only her work, her website, her courses, but her podcast is very inspirational mm -hmm. as well as working girl talk with Abby Zofelt, uh, working girl. That's another one I follow. And I think I found that through following gents where they recommend others and okay. just have really been good. And they're just so true to themselves, very true to themselves. And they've learned how to step out of the corporate speak into their own Yes. voice. And so I 
listen to them for multiple reasons, but one of them is to, okay, Mary, keep finding your voice, keep finding your voice. You don't have to put on a, a false one or a, a fake one, find your voice. And I really enjoy uh, listening to that. And on our website, definitely different books. Uh, one that we just showcased for one of our Fearless Nation members, it's called Being Fearless and Jane Edgerton and a great book. Definitely recommend hers. Good. Um, not to bounce around a little bit, but so you have the, a picture of the statue behind you. So I think, I mean, obviously the listeners can't hear this, but it is on your website too, I believe. Um, and is that sort of like your symbol of like that sweet but fearless? It is. It is, Jen. It's the, for those listening, it is the fearless girl standing with her hands on her hips in front of the Wall Street Bull. And all three of us, uh, Gail Cooper and I met at a financial services firm. That's where our careers and past have overlapped. And all throughout the 30 years that we've known each other, or 20 years in some cases, has been with the financial services at the core Mm -hmm. and then through mentoring each other and helping each other on our career journeys. And so when we were talking about, you know, creating this business, the first thing we said is, oh, the fearless girl, right? I mean, and I'm, you know, for those, again, got our hands on our hips, right? A lot of people say, before you go into a meeting, put your hands on your hips, stand up tall, throw your shoulders back and go in with some confidence. And that's exactly what this young girl did. And we often think if we were as fearless then when we were younger as we are now, wow, even more what we could have accomplished. So that has a lot of meaning for us. Again, not only the financial you know, symbol of it, of the uh, Wall Street bull, but also the young girl being fearless yeah. and st standing for herself because we've all been women in a very male dominated world and industry specifically in the financial services. And uh, you have to create that tribe of others to help you because it can be lonely at times, right? And it can be daunting. But when you surround yourself with other people, men and women that are supporting you, listening to you and are truly sponsoring you throughout your career, then I think you can really be fearless. So if you, other than being fearless, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? Uh, you know, I often ask that for my guests on my podcast. And so I think about that a lot. And while there are many things, I think the, the first and foremost thing I would tell myself is, is to take more risks. I, I really would, Jan, I would say take more risks because I did think that, you know, I graduated high school, went to college, got my master's, went into the corporate world followed the track, you know, individual contributor, manager, director, VP, you know, you, I followed this path and I did take risks along the way. I did. And that helped me have even, I think, a more fruitful career, you know, being the first woman to uh, oversee a offshore branch for a financial services firm in a Latin Spanish speaking country, you know, and where they really wanted a male and they wanted a male, probably a Hispanic male. And I fought for that job. And I said, no, you want the best one for the job. And it's me, pick me, choose me. And they did. And it was extremely successful in that business is still standing today for that financial services firm. But I didn't take as many risks as I wanted to. And I didn't, earlier on, I didn't demand as much as I started demanding later on in life. And I would go back and say, no, you don't need 10 years of experience to demand what you're worth. You're worth a lot right at the start and ask for it. 
think I would have done, I will tell myself to do that. Yeah, perfect. And how do you find, how do you define success? I used to, and certainly for everyone who knows me, I definitely used to define it as uh, financial success. Mm -hmm. You know, achieving a certain salary, achieving a certain financial freedom. And I think a lot of that came from being a single parent, right? I wanted to make sure that I could provide not only for myself and my son, but also for a lot of my family who were out there doing extremely hard work in the social services field that I know didn't pay a lot. Right. So I kept saying, I'll help fund you to do the things that are doing great things for the community. And I'm going to go make the money. Right. I'll go make the money. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's how I define success. And a lot of times, especially earlier on in the career, defined it a lot by the title. Right. What was my title? And I learned as I matured throughout my career and through myself that, no, I'm not going to give that power to someone else to define me. I'm defining me. And I know I don't need a title to command respect at a table. I don't need a title to uh, have others listen to my voice. If I have facts backing it up, if I have confidence and conviction, anybody and everybody will listen to me. And when I owned that, they did. And I was oftentimes the person that didn't have the huge title at the table, but I was the expert. I was the knowledgeable one. And I was the one they were coming to to ask for opinions and ask for guidance. And that meant the CEO doing that of these large financial firms, as well as many of the officers. And I soon realized you shouldn't have to have a title to be heard. All you have to do, like I said, is have the knowledge, the confidence and the communication skills to share it in a way that people want to hear it. Perfect. Anything else you want to share with the listeners about yourself or sweet but fearless? Well, I would just say that uh, we're all in hard times right now with COVID-19 and I in this pandemic. And I say to many people, I'm aware that we're all in the same storm, but we have different boats, right? Yeah. My boat may be a yacht at times, right? I may be having it easier than others at times. I don't have little children at home trying to school them and teach them and running in and out of rooms while you're trying to do your job. I can feel for all of that frustration that many are going through, even if I am not going through it myself. So I, I would say that for all of us to just be aware of that, that yes, we're all in COVID-19, but we're not all experiencing it the same way. We don't all have the same votes and we don't all have the same tools. So ask others to help you. And that's what we tell our fearless nation. Let us know how we can help you. I speak Spanish, I'm fluent. So I reached out and said, hey, if I can help tutor any of your kids that may be studying Spanish in school, let me help do that. I would like to do that because I'm not having to teach my son at home. He's 33 on his own, his own career. But let us all help each other, right? Use this time to help each other. And just, you'll be better with yourself for that, Jen. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mary. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so proud of what you're doing and I wish you all the best. And again, Women Helping Women, that's what it's all about, Jen. Yes, I agree. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jammin' with Jen. And thank you, Mary, for taking the time to go through this interview and share your story and the meaning behind Sweet But Fearless. So if you're looking to connect with them, I'll have this in the show notes, but make sure to follow them at Sweet But Fearless on Instagram. You can head to their website, which is sweetbutfearless.com. Um, and give them a follow, check out what they have to say.
Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jamming with Jen. If you liked the episode, definitely share it out with a friend. And if you're looking to connect with me more, follow me on Instagram. The handle is Jammin' with Jen podcast, or you can always head over to the website at jenforstner.com. Thank you so much again and have a great day.